This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bunny Michael. Connecting to your higher self is an unlearning process. Unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. Success, fulfilling relationships, self-acceptance, inner peace. All of that begins when we realize that that is what we deserve, what we've always deserved. Aligning with your higher self is an awakening process and it is no easy feat. But as you will learn from the callers on this podcast, our journeys might look different, but our path is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of EXO Higher Self. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you had an awesome week. I hope you're staying warm. I don't know about you, but this 2023 is starting really slow. It's like a slow (laughs) adjustment to the year. I'm like waiting to get that new year push motivation (laughs) energy push. And it's, and it's, I don't know, happening really slow. I have a feeling that the end of January is going to feel a lot more energy forward. I've been talking to a lot of people like on Instagram and my friends who are all kind of like, yeah, I still just feel like things are just kind of slow. And that could have to do with the astrology, Mercury is in retrograde, Mars in retrograde. If you're not into that, it could just be this collective energetic thing. But so if things are getting off to a slower start so far in 2023, don't judge it. Okay. Just move with the energy, the collective energy. It's okay. And, and if you're struggling to get those resolutions or plans lifted off the ground, you can do it later. You can do it next week. Okay. If, if it's not the right time, it's not the right time. That's, and that's totally fine. I have an exciting announcement to make before we get to the questions, and that is we are changing our format a little bit at EXO Higher Self. Right now, I release an episode every Wednesday, and I answer three listener questions on each episode, and starting next week, we are changing that to releasing three episodes per week and answering one question on each episode. So I'm going to put out an episode on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the reason why we're changing this up is because, first of all, I like getting really into the nitty gritty with a listener question and organizing one question per episode is going to give me a lot more focus on that specific topic that we're discussing. So each 
episode is going to have a new intro, a new outro. There's just going to be more content in general. And it's really cool because each episode title is going to be the question that is asked. So when you're looking at your podcast app and you're looking at the episodes you want to listen to, you can be like, ooh, there's a question about um, being jealous in a relationship or there's a question about dealing with you know, issues with family and stuff like that. So it's just going to be a little bit more clear and organized and specialized on each topic. So I'm really, really excited about this. And I hope that you are too. I know change is, you know, not always easy, but if you want to still just listen to three episodes, um, in a row, you can just listen on Friday and just listen to all the three episodes in a row. Right. So you're getting, actually more content with this format because I'm going to be talking more with each question and having a separate intro for each question. So this is going to start next week. So the first episode in this format is going to come out um, on Monday and I'm really, really excited about this change and I hope that all of you are going to be enjoying it as well. Okay, enough of this chatter. The following question was submitted on our site. Hi, Bunny. Hope you are well. During the last few years, I have come to the realization that I'm gay. I am most comfortable using the terms queer or gay to describe myself, although I feel like by definition, I am bisexual. I'm a cis woman and I date people of all genders, including cishet men. Sometimes I feel pressure to use the term bisexual, even though I don't necessarily identify with it because calling myself gay while I'm a somewhat straight passing woman who dates men sometimes feels misleading. No one in my life has ever actually said this to me though. I think this judgment comes from within. I do however feel like there is a judgment from within the queer community about straight girls fronting as bi while they only date men. And I know that's not me, but I fear being perceived as that stereotype by other members of my queer community. I'm wondering if you have any advice on how to reconcile this conflict within myself and see myself authentically as the gay queer person I am without shame or judgment about using those specific terms. The second part of my question is about my relationship. I just started dating a cis man. He is great and he makes me happy, but I really didn't expect to get into a relationship with him or any man for that matter. I discovered my queerness during the pandemic, so I feel like exploring my queerness was put on pause for several years. I didn't attempt to date during the pandemic for several reasons and told myself the whole time that once the pandemic got to a better place, I would finally it would finally be my chance to be in a gay relationship. And then my gayness would feel more complete. Now, here I am dating a man, which I didn't really expect. I have no doubts about being in this relationship, but sometimes I feel like I'm compromising a really important part of myself, my queerness, by doing it. I know that being gay isn't about who you date, but rather about who you are inside. I know this on a conscious level, but deep down I feel like I'm still judging myself. Maybe it's internalized homophobia. I'm really looking forward to hearing your words of wisdom about this. Thank you and take care. Hi, love. Well, congratulations on being in a relationship that makes you happy. And the truth of the matter is that even within the queer community, within every community, there are going to be people who judge you. 
who think you should be doing it this way versus that way. And that is the same even when it comes to progressive cultures, right? You can never be enough of something or you're too much of something else. And one of the things that I've learned um, just being on social media all the time and being constantly um, judged by the things that I say is that you can't please everybody. You're not going to please everybody because there's going to be some people who say, yeah, you should be labeling labeling yourself bisexual. And then there's going to be other people who say, no, you shouldn't limit yourself. You should be doing it. You should be calling yourself queer. So you're never going to make everybody happy. So you might as well make yourself happy and call yourself what feels right to you. And that is what I think everybody should do because we're never, we cannot exist in this way of wanting everybody to accept us. It's just not going to happen. So we might as well just let ourselves be ourselves and accept ourselves. And, and you're absolutely right. Being with a cis man does not mean that you're not queer. And there's plenty of other ways to be part of a queer community outside of romance. Like being queer is cultural. There's a lot of ways to be in community, to get involved in issues. If you're feeling like, you know, being in this relationship is is keeping you from connecting to that part of yourself in some way. There's other ways to connect to it besides who you're romantically involved with. A lot of times the universe gives us these paths that we didn't expect. We didn't expect to be in a pandemic. You didn't expect to realize you were queer. And now you didn't expect to meet this guy that you really, really like. A lot of things happen in very unexpected ways. And that's just how life is. There's no need to judge it. What's most important in our lives is love. Love is what's most important. We spend so much time judging ourselves, finding reasons that we're not good enough, that we don't fit in, that there's something wrong. Even when we're actually really happy, it's like we have to find some, some reason why it's not okay, why we shouldn't be happy. So it makes sense that you're judging the situation it makes sense, right? That's what we do. But our path of our higher self, our higher selves, all our higher selves want for us is love, compassion, care. Because that's what really, really matters in this world. And love is love, right? I mean, if there's anything that queerness stands for is the courage to love who you want to love. And you don't know what the future holds. None of us do. But we could all let ourselves enjoy the things that we have a little bit more. We could all do with less self-judgment, less self-criticism, less energy put into trying to find something wrong with ourselves. And that's what I'm hearing that where your thoughts are, are going to. What other people think is far less important than you just being happy. And trust me, all the people that love you, that you want in your life, just want you to be happy. They don't care who it's with. 
as long as they make you happy. So have fun. Who knows where this relationship is going to go? Who knows what future relationships you're going to have? Just keep being you. And that is enough. All the best. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Content warning. The following question mentions suicidal thoughts. The following question was submitted on our site. Hi, Bunny. Thank you so much for accepting my question, and thank you to the team that makes this happen. I'm struggling with self-forgiveness and acceptance. I had something really traumatic happen to me at the end of 2020, and I've been bedridden with shame and self-hatred since then. My whole life feels like it's already over. I gave up on my dream school, lost my job, and work a job I don't like now, and stopped creating art entirely. I watch TV and pay bills now. In May of 2021, I started getting really sick, and now being physically unwell is preventing me from having a normal life. All the stress in my body is preventing me from letting go. So I'm stuck, stopped, and stagnant. I've been suicidal all the time. Therapy isn't really helping. I've canceled so many plans and stopped hanging out with friends. My partner has been with me through this process, but they are the only person I talk to about this problem because I'm so ashamed. I found out that I'm autistic and it took me the last two years to forgive the person who hurt me in telling me that. It was not positive. It was humiliating and bullying. Long story. I've told my mom and a few other people, but they don't believe me, which feels even worse. I have to explain and justify this by describing myself as all the deficiencies and challenges. Knowing this about me has not been empowering at all. I think this justifies why I should hate myself. For lots of people, they find relief, but for me, it explains why I'm never, why I'm never going to be good enough, normal, or accepted. I know this trauma has made me physically unwell, and I don't see myself getting better. I'm so angry because I used to never get sick, be successful in so many ways, and have a life to look forward to, but now I feel like there's nothing to live for. I'm grateful to my partner and friends who are there for me, but deep down I think the only good thing I'll ever do for them is giving up on life. I don't know how to accept myself. I can't find the answer within. I'm trying to see the whole lesson from the universe, but maybe it's showing me that I'm not supposed to be here. I appreciate you taking the time for this message and being such a powerful beacon of love. Hello, my love. I'm so sorry that you've been struggling in this way and you've been feeling so bad and it feels like there's no way out. I know what that feels like. Um, I have been diagnosed with major depressive disorder and I know when I get into bouts of depression, it can feel like there's no way out. So I recognize that and I feel for you and it makes sense that you are feeling this way when you've been through a trauma, you went through something really traumatic and it has affected you both emotionally, spiritually, physically. You're also dealing with this new diagnosis or now you find out that you have 
autism and that's also a process of understanding and the people around you not quite knowing or being evolved enough in their understanding of autism. And so you're having to be in this position to explain and it's just overwhelming. It's just, it's just feels like too much. And I get that. But I want to say to you that the universe wants you to be here. And the reason why I know that is because you are here. We're all here. We've all been brought here in order to awaken to ourselves in order to awaken to how worthy we are we always have been that things on the outside of us don't determine our worth in other words we are in the process of self-realization self-realization doesn't mean that you get some information you didn't have before self-realization it really just means waking up to how wonderful you are to what an amazing creature you are and everything that you've been given and and all of the ways that you were created are exactly the way you're supposed to be. Now, the process of that is really difficult. And all of us have been given different cards in terms of the lessons that that awakening comes in, right? So some of us have been given certain qualities, some of us look a certain way, and we're all brought into a world where we face different challenges. And one of the challenges that you are in right now is that you are a person with autism living in a society that has not fully evolved its understanding of autism that treats autism like it is abnormal or um, it means that there's something wrong with the person when really what's wrong is the way that our society has organized itself around autism, right? The whole issue of disability, the reason why it is still such a struggle in our society is because our world has not been inclusive enough, does not understand neurodiversity, does not understand that people were created differently and they are just as valid as everybody else. And so your your parents not understanding that or some people still not understanding what it is that you are dealing with, it makes sense because they were brought up in that world. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy of that. It doesn't mean that even that they don't love you. What it means is that they don't have the awareness yet, right? So that's going to be a process and it's not going to be easy. But what matters most right now in this moment isn't so much what other people think or what other people assume. What matters right now is how you're treating yourself. You are dealing with trauma, you're dealing with physical ailments, you're dealing with being autistic in this difficult world, and all of that stuff is really hard, that's true, but what I want to address is this extra layer that you put on yourself, this layer that you tell yourself that everything that you're going through is wrong, that all of the struggles that you're having are wrong, that there's something wrong with you for being who you are. So not only are you staying in bed when maybe you want to get up or watching TV when you know in your heart you should probably do be doing something else, but you're judging yourself on top of it, right? You have this other layer of awareness on top that's saying, I'm going to do this, but even though I'm doing this, this is wrong. I'm engaging in this or I can't get out of bed right now. And rather than just letting yourself rest, you are plagued with 
what my choice here was wrong. So what I want to address is we have bouts of depression. We go through dark times in our life. Our life isn't always going great, right? We're, life is a roller coaster. Sometimes we're up high. Sometimes we're down low. Sometimes we go through really difficult times. Sometimes we really struggle. Sometimes we need extra support. Sometimes we need more help. Um, sometimes we need to depend on other people. And that's part of being a human on this planet. But the and we can't control all of those circumstances, but what we can control is how compassionate we are to ourselves through the struggle. Because if we judge ourselves for struggling and we make ourselves wrong for struggling, that means you're making pretty much everybody in this world wrong because everybody goes through really hard times at some point in their life. Everybody has something about themselves that they don't like. Everybody feels at some times that um, maybe they're not worthy of being here. That happens, right? This is like the human condition and this is what we're, we're trying to unlearn. But just because we're struggling in that journey of awakening doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. Just because we're having a hard time doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. And so when you bring in that higher self-compassion that says, okay, it makes sense that this is hard. It makes sense that I don't feel good. There's a lot of reasons why it makes sense. So what can I do to help myself now? How can I be more accepting and loving to myself through the process of this struggle, through my healing, as I'm going to therapy, as I try to explain to the people around me what I'm going through? Through the struggle, how can I be kinder to myself? This isn't about ending our suffering. Unfortunately, there are going to be times in our life where we suffer where we have dark times, where our higher self comes in is having the awareness to say, okay, this makes sense. Life is hard. How can I be easier on myself? How can I help myself? How can I give myself support? Because I know I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve to be kind to myself. I deserve to be gentle with myself. I deserve to encourage myself. I deserve to get out into the sunshine when I need it. I deserve to call a friend when I'm having a really hard time. I deserve support. I deserve to go to therapy. I deserve to seek out new forms of therapy or new forms of healing because I am dealing with trauma. And that is the voice of our higher self. It's the awareness that through our journey, we're always worthy. No matter what we're struggling with, it doesn't take away from how whole we are. And that love is within us. That awareness is within us. And it's the same thing that drove you to write into this podcast. It's the same thing that makes you want to listen to what I have to say is because you know deep down that what you deserve is love, compassion, and care and support. 
And that is so much more you than any of the voices in your head saying, I don't deserve to be here. That's your trauma talking. That's your depression talking. That's not you. You are your higher self. You are love. So ask yourself, what could I do? What small step could I do to show myself more compassion in this moment? What does that look like? Does that look like giving myself an affirmation in the morning? Does that look like when those thoughts pop into my head for me to be able to tell myself, I don't have to go there today. Today, I don't have to go there. I don't have to be mean to myself today and just taking it one day at a time. Does it mean talking to my therapist and saying, you know, I need more help. This isn't working. Can you help me find more support or or more access to more tools to help me heal from my trauma? or to talk to my family about my autism or to help them understand or maybe bring them into therapy. You know, there's all of these things that once you start prioritizing your own self-compassion, you realize that there are things that you can do, small things that make a huge difference. It doesn't mean you're going to end your suffering. It doesn't mean one day you wake up and say, I love myself and, and you always feel good. No, it means that you love yourself enough to help support yourself through the struggle. And you writing into this podcast is a very good example that you know exactly how to do that. So I'm sending you so much love and I am so, so glad that you are here. All the best. The following question was submitted on our site. Hi, Bunny. Thank you so much for all you do to help your fellow humans on this journey we call life. I'm writing to you with a question about navigating differences in a friendship. I'm a 27-year-old queer human. My best friend and I have been friends since we were nine years old. We were an inseparable pair throughout our public schooling and have stayed really close despite physical distance since we graduated high school and pursued our own paths. My friend has been in a relationship with her partner since freshman year of college. Within the past year, they both came out as polyamorous and began dating people outside of their relationship. For context, I have been in a monogamous relationship with my partner, a queer woman, for five years. I have been learning about non-monogamy and simultaneously unlearning my own monogamous conditioning over the last few years. But for some reason, hearing about my friend's polyamorous relationship really triggers me. I feel a lot of shame about this, and one of the stories that comes up for me is that I'm a bad friend. I think one of the reasons why hearing about her polyamorous dating life, which has mostly been with cis men, triggers me is because my own college dating and hookup experiences, again, mostly with cis men, were really traumatic. I have communicated with my friend about this, and she was really understanding and said she would tell me fewer details about her dating life. I have also brought this up in therapy and have worked on accepting that my friend and I are different people with different wants and needs who will make different choices in their own lives. However, I still find myself feeling really triggered whenever she brings up anything related to being polyamorous. 
Is there any advice you have about navigating these differences? I want to be a good friend, and to me that means accepting and supporting my friends on their paths, even if they look different from mine. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this letter. Your advice to other listeners has been extremely healing to me, and I hope that the other letter writers know that sharing their stories and being vulnerable really makes a difference. I appreciate everything you do to hold space for us on this podcast. Hi, love. You know, I think because you and your friend are so close, you feel this kinship with your friend and the idea of her being in a polyamorous relationship on some level makes you think about the possibility of you and your partner being polyamorous, which might be an incredibly scary thought on some level. It might... um bring up feelings of jealousy or fear or insecurity. And that's what happens when um, polyamorous relationships are more out in the open. Our immediate response from that conditioning, that monogamous conditioning, is that it's something dangerous, it's something hurtful, it causes pain, um, it's something to be feared or to be shamed of. And so all of those things, feelings coming up makes sense. And I think maybe my uh, instinct is that the missing part about this is how it makes you feel about your own relationship, not just how it makes you feel about your past or cis men or things like that, but what it actually makes you feel about your relationship and the vulnerability it makes you feel because it brings up this possibility of, hmm, maybe something could be different in my own partnership. And this is what happens when we're around people who are different. The threat of that, even when it comes to like queer people or trans people or polyamorous people, the reason why it's triggering is because it opens up possibilities for the other person and that response can be scary. So like, for example, trans people, the reason why people are transphobic is because it's like shining this light into other possibility for them and that being an incredibly frightening thing. Or homophobia a lot of times stems from this fear of something within yourself being recognized. So I'm sensing that that's what's happening here is that it's making you feel things about yourself or open up to certain ideas about your own choices. That doesn't mean I think you should be polyamorous by any means, but I think it challenges, challenges you. It challenges the foundation. It challenges the security you have in monogamy, the, the idea that this is the way um, things should be for you. And so being around that feels insecure, feels scary. But the universe brings us these lessons in our life in order to grow, in order to expand ourselves, in order to face these fears, to really open up our minds. And it also shows us where we have put limitations in our ability to love. Because right now, your fear of polyamory or the way that it's triggering you is preventing you from really being there for your friend and supporting your friend uh, through the process. Because 
from another perspective, the fact that your friend is engaging in this and it's relatively new in their relationship, I'm sure isn't easy for them to adjust to. I'm sure that they might want to talk to you about stuff because they need a friend to support them through this process too. And sometimes when we put these walls up and we get so in our heads about ourselves, we we miss out on the fact that this actually isn't really about us. You know, this is really about a change that's happening with your friend and, and them wanting your support in their choices. And it can be a lot easier when you put less of the focus on how this is making me feel and more of, okay, I, I, I know that this isn't that easy for me, but I do really want to show her that I care about her and that I want to be there for her, even about the things that I don't necessarily fully understand. You know, Esther Perel, the relationship um, psychologist, one of the things I really like about what she does is really talk about how monogamy needs to be a choice. It needs to be something that we are aware of as not the only possibility in relationships and monogamy isn't necessarily for everybody and yet that is always the default and that has like you said to do with so much of our conditioning so even though intellectually you can know that you have this conditioning to be afraid of thinking outside of monogamy in terms of relationships that doesn't mean that you're not still going to get triggered even though you intellectually, you know that this is my conditioning coming up. That doesn't mean that it's not still going to be necessarily hard to be around or doesn't mean it's going to bring up fears, but how we grow and how we expand past that stuff is to be like, okay, I recognize this, but what would, what is love asking me to do in this situation? What's my higher self asking me to do in this situation? And what boundaries can I put around that can help me stay safe, but also help me grow spiritually and help me show and be more expansive to the possibility of, of being love in this situation? So sometimes we are presented with things because we need to grow spiritually around certain areas of our life. Just because something is triggering us doesn't mean we don't need to look more into it and go past some of that comfort zone. I, I mean, and, and I'm glad that you're working with a therapist to, you know, tread slightly and do one step at a time when it comes to this thing. But I think it might be helpful to ask yourself, how can I show up with more love for my friend in this situation? And when we do that, oftentimes we realize we need to grow in ways we didn't necessarily expect. You are a caring, compassionate person. You are an amazing friend. And I think your friendship has a possibility of really growing out of this, this struggle. And that's what happens in friendships when, when we change, the relationship has to change to some degree. And we have to ask ourselves if we're willing to evolve with the relationship. Okay, babe, I'm sending you so much love. You got this. 
That wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much to the listeners who sent in this week's questions. Thank you for your vulnerability, your honesty, sharing us what you've been through or going through. It's so helpful. It's helping so many people. So we really, really appreciate you. Take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Remember next week, we're going to be doing the three episodes a week format starting on Monday. So I will see you sooner than later. I love you so much. And so does your higher self. Take care. Bye. Bye.